Welcome to Coastline Church, seeking renewed faith in Humboldt County by being settled and secure in God's love. To learn more, visit coastlinefoursquare.com. Good morning again. It's so good to be here, and it's just so good to share the word. And I was thinking uh, the song that we just sang that let when people look at us, yeah. let them see Jesus in us. Hallelujah. Christ all around me, before, behind, on this side, on that side, everywhere. Let them see Jesus in you. Like so <clears throat> I can say that because I was with a friend. And she's a pastor, and her name is Fran, and we were having lunch last week, and we were talking about friends and relationships that have touched our lives and impacted us, and relationships that formed us and changed us, impacted us for good or for bad, and those that pointed us in a heavenly direction. Now, that means friends and family and teachers and counselors, pastors and their wives. And mainly, the most important is Jesus. He took part in getting me where I am today. All these people that I have known, not all of them, some were pretty bad, but I can honestly say that for the most part, they were very positive uh, in my life. And they took part in making me who I am today, how I respond to people. There are amongst, they are amongst those who spoke into my life and had a powerful effect on me. There was my third grade teacher, Mrs. Irillary, and who taught me that maybe I did have worth because I did not think I did. My girlfriend, Joyce, who when we were separated for many years and we came back together and it was like nothing had separated us at all. It was, we picked up right where we left off. Do you have relationships like that? Where it's like, man, it's like no, no time has passed. No distance has passed. It's just, it's secure. Well, those are wonderful if you have those. My parents showed me that even if you don't want to do things, you do them anyway. They taught me how to persevere through thick and through thin. There's Ramona Alderson. She's going to be with the Lord. She was my spiritual mama, and she developed in me such a hunger for God's word. I just thank God for her that he placed her in my life. And then there's Jesus. He chose me, and he changed me when I was the least desirable. He became the best friend anyone could ever have. So you've heard, I hope, that you are what you eat. Well, if that was true, then I would be one huge banana split because I love them. So what is true, though, is that you are what you read, what you see, what you hear, and what you expose yourself to. You become like the people that you hang around with. You know, if you start hanging around with them long enough, you actually start to think like them and be like them and look like them. And Anyway. It happens. So we need wisdom and understanding when it comes to choosing our friends and what we allow in our lives. So hopefully in the next few minutes, you will gather some insight on choosing friends and being a friends to others. Can you switch on the video?
had a sidekick. He had a friend. His friend was named Tonto. Tonto. He was his sidekick and they both together fought for justice uh, together. He was with him all the time. Wherever the Lone Ranger was, there was Tonto. I mean, it was a close, mutually satisfying relationship. So modern science has revealed that our brains are wired for social connection. They're just proving what God has already done for us. Okay? So, it says that modern society uh, is increasingly socially disconnected. We've given ourselves over to media, Facebook, Instagram, whatever. Everybody else is speaking into our lives sometimes, but who really needs to be speaking into our lives? And we have given ourselves over to that instead of mutually satisfying relationships. Healthy social ties are the safety nets which help us feel safe and supported and loved. If one is without social connections, it can lead to stress and anxiety, feelings of isolation, and a weakened immunity in our own bodies and depression. All those have a negative effect on our mental and physical health. There was 148 studies that showed that people with stronger social connections are 50% likely to survive what life throws at them. 50% more likely to survive whatever life throws at them. A lack or a weak social relationship is connected to a greater risk of death regardless of age or sex or health status or cause of death. And data shows that three out of five Americans are lonely. Now, when my son was young, I told him and he was getting into school and I said, honey, just be a friend to everybody. You'll never regret being a friend to everybody. Blank statement, right? Well, what he found out was that you can be a friend to everybody and you can have lots of friends, but we need one friend who's close, that understands you, that you can count on, that supports you, that speaks truth into your life. And he says, Mom, I have tons of friends, but I don't have a friend that I can count on that's my own. You know, and I, I that just made me so sad. So the other day, I was talking to my grandson, Jericho, who's going up to TLC, and I said, oh, honey, just be a friend to everybody there. And I then I caught myself, and I said, no, you pick your friends wisely. 
you pick them with God's help. And so we prayed, and I hope I, anyway, using God's hands, right? <laughs> exactly. So we learned, you know, that if you don't have connections, healthy social connections, you are going to feel isolated, lonely, and depressed. It has an effect on our mental and physical health. Okay, so God is the initiator of relationships. He's the creator of relationships and connections. He's the creator of intimacy. In the beginning, God declared, it's not good for man to be alone. Now you can stretch that out as far as you want, but it's not good for man or woman to be alone. There are no lone rangers in, in Christian, Christendom. God created man and woman a suitable relationship, one that was designed to flourish and walk with God in the cool of the evening, in the garden of Eden. And until that connection was broken by man's disobedience, they had that symbiotic relationship with God. Life changed for Adam and Eve and all their offspring, of which you and I are offspring. So why are healthy friendships important? I'm going to give you a few reasons. A true friend is one who will bring you a higher bring you up to a higher level of spiritual maturity. They spur you onward and upward. When you feel like giving up, my friend, a friend is going like this with a, with a white tissue, and I'm thinking, Linda, stop, stop. <laughs> I can tell. I am too. Friendships are enhanced when we share mutual goals, mutual morals, and mutual values. Seek things that you have in common with each other. It can be the glue that keeps the relationship intact, and it is a proven factor that friendship between uh, a married couple actually ensures their closeness and health of the marriage, and it actually reduces the risk of separation and divorce. Friendships are so valuable because through them, we receive encouragement, love, fellowship, affirmation, and our significance. Why are we valuable? Our significance. Not only are we made in the image of God, but our significance comes from friends who appreciate us. They affirm us. They love us. Someone is not your friend if they use you for their own selfish reasons abuse you or devalue the likeness of God in you. Remember, we become like those who we associate with. So pick wisely. Friendships provide correction, reproof, and training, especially if it comes from someone you know has your best interest at heart and you can trust them. Be teachable. If they call you on something, listen to what they have to say, don't be zippo right to uh, offense. Ask God about it. He has the final say. And then deal with that issue effectively. It's very difficult to overcome the hardships of life without a friend. We all need help, support, and interaction with those people who have our back. 
If you want a friend, Solomon says, you must show yourself to be a friend. He says, a friend loves at all times. This is in concert with 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter. And you can put your name where love is, is and remind yourself that there's always a better way that you can choose to behave with others, especially your friends and your loved ones. And so I put my name in here, Linda. Linda is patient and kind. She doesn't boast. She's not envious. She's not arrogant. She's not rude. Linda does not insist on her own way. She's not irritable or resentful. Linda does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. And Linda bears all things. She believes, she hopes, and she dures all things. Oh God, if only that were true. So right away, I can see that being a friend, a good friend, a healthy friend, even being full of the Holy Spirit is going to take some time and some effort on my part because that means I would have to stop looking at me and my wants and my wishes and start putting others first. And I know me. God knows me. I wish that were the truth about me, but there is that risk that I will fail and I will need forgiveness from my friend. That's where grace is needed. Needed, And I have set my sight on keeping, working towards that goal of being that first Corinthians 13 type of person. Now, in the Bible, scholars agree that, relate, that the relationship between David and Jonathan is the perfect example of or pattern of a, relation, a friendship relationship. It's found in 1 Samuel 16 through 18. So a little background. The people wanted a king of Israel, and they wanted a king. They didn't care who he was. They just wanted a king like all the other godless nations had godless gods for their, uh, to worship. So the people chose Saul for their king, for he was tall and most handsome of all. And he looked like king material. He had a son named Jonathan who was to take the throne after Saul. Saul was a huge disappointment from God for God because he would, he rebelled. He would not do what God told him to do. He never carried out a task that God commanded him to do. And the Israelites suffered because of that. And God said that he regretted that he had made king, excuse me, and the Lord regretted that he had made Saul king over Israel. That's 1535. So God had to take charge the Lord said to Samuel, well, Samuel was the one who anointed the king. He was, he was the priest and the prophet. So then he was the one that went around and putting them into office. He had the authority of God. So uh, the Lord said to Samuel, how long will you grieve over Saul? Now Saul didn't die, but it was like he was spiritually dead. And, and Samuel was grieving that Saul just could not get his act together. And since I have rejected him from being king over Israel... Stop your grieving, because I have a plan. And God says, fill your horn with oil and go. I will send you to Jesse the Bethlehemite, for I have provided for myself a king among his sons. And that son was David. The youngest, the littlest, the one that was out taking care of the sheep. He was expendable, but he was the one. Not all those good-looking boys that tall, strong, 
uh, boys of Jesse, it was David. So what can we be sure about this? That David was the best choice and he was going to be the best king? Well, number one, God chose him, not man. Number two, the Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. And what did God say about David's heart? That he had a heart after God. The Lord knew exactly what kind of king the people needed, and he provided, and it changed the course of Israel's history. Do you need a friend? If you do, you ask God for one and let him choose for you. He will provide and he will guide you into the best relationship. Needless to say, Saul had problems with his relationships, first with God and then others. But what did others have to say about David? King Saul asked for someone to be brought to him to play music because the, the, a harmful spirit from God uh, would come upon him and affect him. And he needed that music to calm him and to comfort him. And so then the spirit, that harmful spirit, uh, would leave him. And so a young man in his, in his servant, servants answered, Behold, I have seen a son of Jesse, whose name was David, who is skillful in playing, a man of valor, a man of war, prudent in speech, and a man of good presence. And the Lord is with him. Can we say that about ourselves sometime? At some point in time, I want good words like that spoken about me. <clears throat> Next, we find David fighting Goliath, representing all of Israel against a giant who was almost 10 feet tall. It took one young man, one smooth stone, representing one true God, to defeat one giant Philistine who terrified one whole nation. God can do amazing things with small things. At that moment, when uh, David uh, had come into the back from killing Goliath and Saul was asking about him, and David and Jonathan was there listening to all this. So when Paul stopped speaking, when Saul stopped speaking, at that moment, the soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David, and Jonathan loved him as his own soul. And Saul took David that day and would not let him return to his father's house. Then Jonathan made a covenant with David because he loved him as his own soul. And Jonathan stripped himself of the robe that was on him and gave it to David and his armor and his sword and his bow and his belt. He gave everything that gave him his position and his power and his place. And he handed it to David because he knew that this was one that God had put into position of king, not his father. These items were emblems of the position and the power and the wealth that he freely gave to David. There was no hesitation. There was no jealousy, no envy, only loyalty and love. And Jonathan knew David would be the next king of Israel, and he submitted graciously to that reality. He trusted God's choice. Think about um, the coat of many colors 
that Jacob made for his son Joseph, or about the robe and the ring that the father gave to the returning prodigal son. These were all signs of favor and joy and belonging. Good things to have in a relationship. Saul wanted David on his side forever. Not for good reasons. He wanted him for selfish reasons. He was manipulating David so that he could benefit. And David made Saul look really good to his people. Verse 18, uh, 18, 6 says, And David went out and was successful wherever Saul sent him. So that Saul sent him, set him over all the men of war. He was in charge, David was. And this was good in the sight of all the people and also in the sight of Saul's servants. For all of Judah and all of Israel loved David. He was bringing them success. He was putting God on their side. He was a benefit. Saul actually gave one of his daughters uh, to David in marriage. And David became the king's son-in-law at a price. But he had a plan. He gave uh, David his daughter so that she could become a snare to him. Saul would know exactly what he was doing, where he was going, what he was thinking, what he was planning, so that Saul could keep an eye on this David. And so Saul set a price for this bride, and David was to bring back the bride's price of 104 skins of the Philistines. And David was successful. And his name was highly esteemed by Saul's servants. And from then on, Saul was David's enemy continuously. Saul was full of envy and rage and jealousy, all aimed at David. So Saul's hating David <coughs> did not deter Jonathan's friendship or his covenant. He told David... And let me read it to you. It's in 1 Samuel 20. And 12 through 17. And so Saul was determined he was going to kill David. He actually tried to kill his own son because Jonathan loved David. It says, Then Jonathan said to David, The Lord, the God of Israel, be witness. <clears throat> When I have sounded out my father, when I find out what he's thinking, <coughs> excuse me, about this time tomorrow or the third day, behold, if there is a good feeling toward David, shall I not then send to you and make it known to you? If it please my father to do you harm, may the Lord do so to Jonathan and more also. He's saying, if my, if my father kills you, he's going to have to kill me too. If I do not make it known to you and send you away, that you may go away in safety. And may the Lord be with you as he has been with my father. He's telling him, I know that you're supposed to be the king, not my dad. If I'm still alive, will you not show me the loving kindness of the Lord that I may not die? You shall not Cut off your loving kindness from my house forever. Not even when the Lord cuts off every one of the enemies of David from the face of the earth. So Jonathan made a covenant with the house of David, saying, May the Lord require it at the hands of David's enemies. 
Jonathan made David vow again because of his love for him, because he loved him as he loved his own life. And David kept that promise that he made, that covenant that he made with Jonathan about being a blessing to whatever uh, children, generations down, that were uh, Jonathan's sons and grandsons. And, and he did that. And there's a story about uh, Jonathan's son, Fibbesheth, that David looked after. And he ate at David's table while he was king. And so he kept his promise. Friends keep their promises, don't they? Well, they should. When Saul vowed to kill David, Jonathan warned him of his father's plans. And Saul's chasing David through the wilderness began. The chase was on. Saul's anger was even kindled against Jonathan to the point Saul wanted to kill him too. It said that it is only great-hearted men who can be true friends. Mean and cowardly men can never know what true friendship is. Can I tell you? Jesus was and is and always will be our truest friend. John 15, 12, Jesus tells us, this is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends, he calls his disciples. He calls each one of you his friends. If you do what I command you to do, no longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends. For all that I have heard from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you. Um, friends are vulnerable and they share. They're open. They want to keep that line of communication open at all times so that you, you learn to trust and you learn to draw close to that friend. Jesus laid down his life for us on the cross so that we could win the fight against death and hell. As a result of the sacrifice, we now have the Holy Spirit living inside of us so that we will never be alone. We don't have to be lonely, do we? It's a choice. We put ourselves there. We now have the Holy Spirit living inside of us so that we never have to be alone or forgotten or forsaken. For he says, I will never leave you, nor will I forsake you. Because we have the Holy Spirit dwelling within us, we can be the kind of friend to others that Jesus has designed us to be. We will bear good fruit, he says, and display in our relationships the love and the joy, the peace, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That the Holy Spirit, let the Holy Spirit bear that kind of fruit in your life. Encourage it. Nurture it. And then let the world see it in you. In that same verse of the fruit of the Holy Spirit, it tells us that if we live by the Spirit, let us keep step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another or envying one another like Saul. 
Don't become like or associate with a Debbie Downer or a wayward Wilford or a sinful Saul or a selfish Susie. These will suck the life right out of you and they plan on manipulating, manipulating you for their own selfish reasons and then they'll kick you to the curb. Don't go there. Choose your friends wisely. Include God in your friendships. See the image of God in others and give grace. Be the best friend you would like your friend to be. I think there's a bumper sticker that says, be the kind of person your dog thinks you are. <laughs> that is so true. Live up to your name. You are a child of God. Live up to that name. Live up to what Jesus thinks about you. He already told you, you're chosen. You're desired. You're wanted. You're, you're belonging. You're, you're everything to Jesus. That's why he came. He came to have you with him as a friend for the rest of eternity. Pretty exciting to me. <clears throat> be the best friend that you would like your friend to be again. Friends are priceless blessings. Take care of them. Choose your friend for their own goodness and worth, not for any selfish ambition. In all the awful things that we can possibly have, in all the awful things that can possibly happen to us on earth, there is one who stands with us. When you walk through the waters, he says, I'll be with you. He'll stand beside you. He won't go away from you. He won't leave you there to drown. I'll be with you, he says. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We have peace. We have rest with him. He considers us his friends. And through him, we also have obtained access by faith into his grace, by which we stand. God's grace, God's faith, faith in God, God's friendship is what supports us. And when we fall, he picks us up and puts us on that solid rock. And though we have obtained access by faith into his grace, by which we stand, and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. To be by our friend forever. I mean, that just sounds like a miracle to me. So let's pray. Lord God, I thank you. I thank you that, I thank you, Jesus, that we can stand with you and in you. We'll never be alone. We don't have to be that three out of five Americans are lonely. We have you. And with you, we have everything. And so, Lord, I ask that you would bring to memory uh, those people that spoke into all of our lives, Lord, and help us to uh, appreciate them and tell them, help us to tell them how much we appreciate their kindness and their love and their friendship. Lord, that's so important to affirm others, um, what they've done for us. And Lord, I just ask that you would give us all that peace passes all understanding in our days. 
be with us as we go in and out, before and after. Be around us, Lord. Be our shield and be our refuge. I ask it in Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us today at Coastline Church. To find out more information, please visit coastlinefoursquare.com.